Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Again, another TWTG episode. This one with another guest that has been on here before. Another one that I guess you can say has been um, overdue, especially for uh, how long it has been. But I'm glad to say that we have a recurring friend, a good friend, Hollow, the mango man himself. Hollow, thank you for coming back to TWTG after who knows how long. I don't know if you remember. Indeed. Yeah, how long it's been. <laughs> been about a year and some change. Uh, in, in, that, in, in that time, I've gotten to know you more and everything. You know, we had our sagas, our epics, if you will, our little arcs uh, throughout yeah. this beautiful community and everything. But, uh, you know, before we get started, I asked the question again for everybody that might be new listening to this podcast. Hollow, who are you? I go by many names. I'm a man of many names. Obviously, to those who know me in real life, you'll know me by my real name. Um, but I most commonly go by Silver.Snow uh, without the W because, you know, I was not allowed the W on Instagram or Twitter. Um, sometimes it'll be an underscore, sometimes it'll be a dot, you know, the huge. Um, people most commonly refer to me as Hollow because um, that's my old username, really. And uh, on Discord, you will see me as Mango Man with Bleach profile pictures because I like Bleach. Or sometimes my own art. It really depends. <laughs> true. True, true. Um, you know, again, as, as before, you've been on here. Should it, it was probably like what two years ago or whatever the hell, but um, I think uh, I think it was pre COVID you were on. I might I might be uh able to check that. I think I might it might have been pre COVID or maybe even at the very very beginning. And this was yeah. before you had Sigil, this was before what you had the Baze Force that you've been working on, right? I think, or I know Baze was still yeah. around, yeah. Um but not, that's not a funny thing about the base force, actually. It, it's been around for a while. I just never had time to... Well, it's not that I didn't have time. I was just too lazy to really, truly get into it. I just mm -hmm. kind of, like, kept on the sidelines. Like, yeah, it exists. That's about it. Right. You know, I didn't really, really put much time into doing it until pretty much last year. Mm -hmm. it's, it's speaking of last year, too, I'm, I'm looking right now at... Uh at my anchor, which you guys can find on uh, Spotify or on anchor. I'm looking back right now, May 14th, 2021. It's been two years. It has been a while. Yeah. It's been but, a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Th thankfully I've known you in between. So it's like all this extra time has just been, Oh yeah. This, you just haven't done this in a minute, but yeah. everything else is uh, still, still pretty cohesive. Um, and, and since it's been two years, uh, I know last time we talked about the community a little bit and everything um, with, within those two years, has there ever uh, been, um, and, I, and I guess I can ask this to everyone, but in, in those two years, what for you has changed since 2021? Um, in particular, it would be my art and my entire like personal journey. Um, so obviously I've cut down on a lot of the Dragon Ball content, you know, uh, back when I first did the podcast episode with you. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing a lot of Dragon Ball content. And um, one of the main reasons I stepped away from doing Dragon Ball was because I had become, well, like I say, a lot in the embassy. Mm -hmm. um, I essentially had become burnt out. And uh, I just generally did not have enough enjoyment from it anymore. And, um, you know, as you know from knowing me for these two years, 
if I do not enjoy something, I just stop doing it. So mm-hmm. if I get bored of it, I just stop doing it. Um, my obviously my personal journey, I feel like generally speaking, I've just tried to be a better person. Whether that's been successful or not is totally up to people. Well, totally up to people to decide. Really, it's not for me to decide. Um, but I would say it's been successful, and I, I'm a core of the way where I really want to be um, as a person. But artistically, I feel like the the most drastic change would be my art style. So um, I went from doing Dragon Ball to you know imitating Hiro Mashima to now just trying to develop my own style in its entirety, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main thing would generally just be style and like personal journey and just just writing in general like a lot of things have changed since well the last podcast episode Mm -hmm. which i think it's a good marker too to um especially for the guests that come onto the show to uh kind of go back and and listen to the episode again only just uh it's it's a living representation of where you were in that moment you know and uh yeah with with how things change over time i mean we know a lot can change in you know half of half a year let alone, you know, two whole years. Um, yeah. Because if we scale back two whole years, I don't have a light verse. Um, at least I don't have the art or the the, the train that is, that is uh, on the track right now, so to speak. So, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. I know you have uh, Sigil, which is your own yeah. uh, original, um, you know, universe and everything. If you could... Uh, tell the people a little bit about what Sigil really is and what you uh, plan to do with it? Um, essentially, what Sigil is, well, what I want it to be, essentially, is this um, manga. that I, Whether it becomes a manga or not is totally up to, you know, whatever the future holds. Mm-hmm. But at this current point in time, it's going to be a manga. Um, and it essentially just revolves around the main character, the main cast, um, Nine, uh, Kate, Falco and Gloria just going on adventures, really. I, I say they're going on an adventure, but there's more to it, and I, I don't really want to say too much about it. Mm-hmm. But um, a, a lot of what the world is, a lot of how the world functions, it's, it's mainly like Lord of the Rings inspired, like the Tolkien versus, is very inspired by Tolkien. And it, in general, it's just meant to be a love letter to just fictional storytelling in general now whether people view it as such is totally up to them whether people you know um actually enjoy it i'm not going to sway anyone's opinion and force them to enjoy it it is generally just totally up to them um but the the entire like sigil thing is is just an original story that i've been wanting to do for many many years now and i've had you know arguably many failed attempts at doing so um you know everyone fails and everyone you know learns to no, keep going, but uh, with Sigil, it, it never used to be called Sigil. It was, it was meant to be just called something else. Um, and note, this is a disclaimer. It's not actually called Project Sigil. I just call it Project Sigil because it's just easier, and people know it's still in its preliminary stages. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's Sigil. You sure that's not a title? Generally, it's Sigil. It, it's just Sigil. It's just Sigil. Nah, I got you. I got you. You know, um, and I think recently, I would say maybe at the at the middle or the tail end of uh, last year, um, it was good to see, um, you know, you especially because I know you you've had your own arc with uh, Dragon Ball OC stuff going into 
um, you know, that period of time where you just got burnt out because you'd been doing it for so long and everything else on the side, you know, whether that be like, uh, you know, commissions or other group projects, um, was there ever an alternate idea to Sigil or was Sigil just like you're, you're, you got that idea and it's like, this is what I'm doing. I'm not changing it up or whatever. Honestly, yes. I'll be honest with you. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had an idea because I, I really like, you know, I, I like slice of life uh, anime and, you know, slice of life manga. Um, j- just generally, I enjoy those a lot more. And I was thinking of a story that is just, just general slice of life, just life mm-hmm. lessons, really things you, things you should know, you know, things that involve common sense, you know, um, I was thinking about doing that and, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, then I would have to, you know, be realistic about it, you know, and the the advantage that fiction, fictional stories that are based in a fictional setting, uh, those types of stories, they have more an advantage over, you know, realistic um, setting, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, so I think it would be more difficult for me to write a realistic story uh, than a um, one that's based fiction. off reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where uh, more more ideas can kind of really flourish. Sometimes, uh, e- even you know, we 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 live in in the real world, obviously, but there's a lot of uh, elements and themes that still take um, and it's not to the, to belittle the intelligence of any writer, but sometimes it does take an extra little jump to use reality and then, you know, twist it and kind of put it out into your own. I know with uh, the light verse, I've kind of had to use history, which of course one would think, Oh yeah, it's easy. It's history. You know, everything already happened. You can just use that. But with the, more unreal elements you kind of have to properly twist it around to where it doesn't really sound like oh yeah you're you're just using this but then a whole bunch of different shit happened versus oh yeah i'm doing this but you know it's like a yeah. the assassin's creed route where you know they have history but then they lightly twist it and they lightly you know use something that happened as a bridge to something else that they created which um i think if one is going to use uh reality for their story in any way i think the uh assassin's creed guys you know ubisoft at least in the beginning you know they definitely found their formula yeah and you know sort of piggybacking off of what you're saying if you Mm -hmm. want to use reality in your story do not base it on your world perspective Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that's something a lot of writers who write their stories within you know modern day they they tend to base like their stories on their own perspective or mm-hmm. their own um, fantastical view, if you will, of yeah. what the world would be. Um, which is, you know, you, you've got to get a bunch of different perspectives into it. Mm-hmm. You need to ignore like your own perspective. And a, a key thing that a lot of writers in general that I, I find that they do is that they will enjoy their own work, but if someone else were to critique their work, they get annoyed by it. But the whole point of writing is for you to look at your work from an outsider's view, say like, I'm not the one who wrote it. Someone else wrote it for me. You know, pretend you're a different person for a while, look at it and go, right. okay, right, this is what needs improving. Because I, I do that a lot of my own artwork. 
you know, after I've posted it, I know a lot of artists do this. After you post it, you kind of look at it and you go, well, this is off, this is off, this is off. But you can say this is off, this is off, and this is off, but you have to go and improve that as well. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's that extra step where you have to take yourself away from it just a little bit, just a little bit to uh, really accomplish that. I mean, I know... I keep bringing it up, but I'm not promoing the light verse. I do that enough. But um, I think when you have like a colorful cast of people that literally come from all over the world, um, it kind of takes you away from having to write uh, things from your own perspective, no matter what kind of story you're trying to tell. Because then if I make characters based off of my own perception and worldview, then it's like it's not really it's not really a story of its own. It's more like this is kind of what I want things to be or what I view things to be when it's like, it's the viewpoint of one guy in a world with other, with, with, with other people that have different viewpoints and yeah. it's constantly revolving around all of that. And eventually, you know, he'll change or, or, you know, he'll have opinions or maybe he'll be for or against certain things like a normal person would, because uh, we have people who are, you know, about what they want to be and they have their own convictions and everything like that. But still, we're open to change. You know, you're not thinking the same things you did you know, maybe maybe a week ago. Maybe you heard something that might have changed your perspective just a little bit. Not a lot, but enough to, you know, change your decision making. And uh, I think like you, you and I have seen it through, uh, especially in the last year with D.C., um, yeah, and, yeah. and their comics and, and, and what they've done. And they've, you know, been underperforming in that regard. That's where, you know, Nandy said that I said, uh, American comics are dying, but <laughs> you know, they, they like manga more because of the, uh, the, the themes in it. And it's not because it's telling you what to think. It's more like, uh, showing you a life of somebody going through their own things and you find what you relate to in it. And I think that's what, uh, manga has over yeah. uh, American comics. I think like another major thing that manga generally has over American comics is that they do not explore the concept of a multiverse. If it is explored, mm -hmm. they still base it in a main single universe. Like I think Dragon Ball is a good example of a multiverse with Xenoverse. Mm -hmm. You have your main character and you also have your, um, you know, you also have had Dragon Ball Heroes, which is literally like there's different counterparts of every character in Dragon Ball Heroes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's multiple different timelines, but you still have Timeline Zero, which is the canon timeline, which is Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and then Dragon Ball Super, and you know, by extension, the manga as well. Mm -hmm. um, mangas generally do not, in like, from what I've read, they do not explore the concept of a multiverse solely because it's such a complex thing to do. Mm -hmm. I think the main thing that puts Marvel and DC down is that they do not have a linear, linear storyline with each of their characters. You know, you could have the X-Men comics um, and it could still be a linear storyline. Right. You could have uh, the Avengers, you could have Iron Man, Captain America, you know, you name it. They could mm -hmm. all be in one universe. But you don't need to make a multiverse, you know? And mm -hmm. the, the same thing goes with DC. If you make a linear storyline for that universe, e easy peasy, you could like create a linear storyline with each of your characters, just do different comic lines and make a single storyline out of that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the reason DC and Marvel comics are just generally flopping is because 
that's not the type of media they explore. They explore multiversal media, which then ruins their storylines, really. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite storylines is uh, the, I believe it's the Dark Multiverse saga. I don't remember what, what it was called exactly again. No, Batmel, that was it. Uh, yeah, Batmel, yeah, chance, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Batmel had the chance to read it. Thoroughly enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. the main issue I had was the paneling. It's very confusing, you know, because obviously I'm used to a right to left because I read a lot of manga. Mm-hmm. But left to right, like the way you structure them, the, the way the panels are structured are just so confusing. Like it, it's, it's out of whack for me, you know. It is very, like, I don't, I don't know how to word it properly, but it is definitely very confusing. That's the best mm-hmm. thing I can say about it. You know, you know, uh, to, yeah. To 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 your point as well, um, I, I would agree. Uh, for some of those panels, like I enjoyed the whole entire, uh, you know, metal run and everything. Loved it. Yeah. Um, but some of, so I think this is what I'd say maybe DC Comics more than anybody. Um, with how they do their paneling, sometimes it's like there's so much action going on, and then the words kind of wrap around everything, and it. It kind of like you can get lost, of course, if you didn't know how to uh, read American comics, but still it can become kind of distracting. Um, yeah. And I think this was most apparent for me with the one where uh, Batman had uh, the doomsday DNA to fight uh, an evil Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of looked all discombobulated. Um, and to your uh, your point about the, the multiverse as well, um, you know, it, it can be a daunting task to write a multiverse for me you know looking at the opportunity for that it's like wow great there's even more stories to write right but you you only see um marvel really nail it when it comes to just spider-man not anybody else just the spider-verse not everybody else but then dc even um at least before they started expanding on the multiverse even more in recent years um i i bought um i forgot what it was called basically it's this book from dc and it has um, explanations for every single Earth um, mm. that they've done so far. And you can see, you know, this is Earth 10. And these are the heroes that are here. Brief little descriptions. Very nice. And the artist, uh, sorry, the art rather, is from every single artist that did the art for those respective uh, uh, comic lines. And, um, you know, they have the concept art in the back. You can see some of the artist's notes and everything. It's a very good book. Um, I gotta find it again, but in, in it, you you find out about the uh, the multiversal Justice League, where you have President Superman and you know all the other uh, Justice Leaguers from different timelines, and it's it's well written. But it seems like in recent years now, it's like even with the multiverse, they had a cohesive plot where this guy's from this place, this is what he does, and this is what brings him together into the overarching story with uh the multiverse and all these other characters but it seems like now it's just a multiverse of madness to you know so to speak where it's not really cohesive and as you said everything's kind of the paneling and the way they're doing things it's not really uh had as much tlc yeah and um you know i I think this is where you know dragon ball can come into play you know Mm -hmm. as, as much as i can critique it um everything up to the cell saga was absolutely perfect you know, I, I believe Cell Saga was peak Dragon Ball. You know, there's, people no, can there's just... another pun in there. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. You know, um, people can disagree that Cell Saga was like the best saga, but I, I generally, you know, prefer the Cell Saga over the Blue Saga. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards to the Cell Saga, you know, multiverse theory was explored in that. You know, future trunks came from a timeline where, you know, everyone died essentially. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and then you have Cell. He came from a timeline where Trunks succeeded, but he killed Trunks and then took the time machine right. and came back, came back in time. And if you know, um, I believe it's in the manga as well. I'm not, yeah, it is in the manga. Um, but when Future Trunks, you know, travels back to the future, pun intended there, mm-hmm. um, his timeline doesn't change. It, it's, a, it's still the same as it was when Android, and, Android 17 and 18 were there. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, no so, butterfly uh, effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's how multiverse theory generally should be explored. You know, mm-hmm. um, th- and I think that's the best way it can be explored. Um, obviously, you have like a bunch of different mangas who probably explore it better than Dragon Ball do, but I haven't mm-hmm. read them yet, so it's yeah. not really my my place to say. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that's the thing with time too. It's like uh, like we, we we know Back to the Future. You know, they they famously played with you can go back in time and you can change whatever. You just got to make sure that you do it right, or else you know. Something will change. The slightest thing can change. But uh, I remember watching this documentary with uh, Stephen Hawking, and he explained how like time works. And I kind of like how Marvel kind of broadcasted this to to the masses. Where uh, and I'm a butcher Stephen Hawking's words, but he said like uh, he he had this test, and he was like, you know, how for however long humanity lives, um, like I'm gonna put this uh, this here or whatever, and um, if someone can come back in time and take it or whatever, then, you know, do so now. If you see this hundreds or thousands of years in the future. And then he was just like, well, see, um, you know, time is, you know, linear, goes forward and never goes backward. And yeah. um, with time, it's like yesterday already happened. You can't go. There's no more yesterdays. There's always a tomorrow. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's the... Uh, the uh I, I think that's the better way to write it too because and, and like even if you go back and change something it shows that like in your personal timeline you can't change anything what hap- what's happened already happened you know to, yeah. to put it plainly and uh i think for writers they kind of get caught up in trying to make so many storylines um all together in a multiverse and then they kind of get it all jumbled up but back in the day um, and I forgot who was the writers behind that, but I know um, when DC and Marvel had their big collaboration all those years ago, I think it was like the 80s or the 90s, um, yeah. they properly, you know, crafted a story where it's like you highlight everybody, yet you still serve, you know, the greater story in general. But it's like uh, they, they don't really make it like that anymore. Maybe in some yeah. areas I haven't seen yet, but, you know. Yeah, and um, generally speaking, like this is just all across the board as well. Mm-hmm. I I notice like Twitter writers in particular, they they generally do not care what other people think, <laughs> and if you do that, if you do not care for an opinion, why post your you know artwork or your your writing on Twitter in the first place. You know? Exactly, it, yeah. You've got to be open to someone's opinion. I know for a fact that some people, you know, obviously you're in the Sigil Discord server, mm-hmm. which I haven't promoted because, you know, it's a personal thing and I only select people who I find to be worthy to enter, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But 
you know, I, I know that things in the Sigil Discord server that I have typed up and explained aren't explained very well, you know, mm. be just because of how I write, I purposely like to leave things ambiguous, mm. you know. Um, and I'm sure loads of people have questions about it. Like, what's this? What does this serve? Why haven't you written this part? Why, why are you typing it in so slowly? Well, for the last question, I, I just don't have a lot of time on my hands. I've got a lot of things to do. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, the, things take time. Things take time. You know, you, you took, I, I believe when we, we did our first uh, podcast episode, Mm -hmm. together you were just conceptualizing the light verse mm -hmm. so it wasn't even completely done you know right. you, you had only just sent lights into the embassy mm -hmm. that like that was the first um thing we ever saw about the light verse you know yeah and mm -hmm. it, it was uh safe to say it was quite interesting and you know obviously last year pretty i'd like to say halfway through or pretty late into last year Mm -hmm. I ended up starting Sigil, like, properly after mm -hmm. who knows how long. And, um, you know, here we are today. I've still got a lot to do. You know, mm -hmm. I've got a lot of conceptualizing to do now. Who knows whether it be finished or not, but we, we see what happens in the future. That's, that's the uh, other side of it, too. I mean, I'm a one-man band, you're a one-man band, right? We're doing things that naturally you would have, like, a team for. You know, you'd be able to go into a room Hey guys, this is what I'm going for. This is the idea of the character. Showtime, you know what I mean? Do do your thing. Yeah. Whip it up. Start cooking. So, uh, yeah, you know, I spent a very long time on lights because lights was originally, um, you know, Randy. He had uh, he had his old uh, My Hero Academia um, verse, right? A little yeah. bit. And I was thinking of making lights for that at first. And you know, I was thinking about it. I was sitting on it for a while because I had half of the idea. Um, and I, and I, I wasn't at a point where I didn't want to do Dragon Ball stuff, but I wanted something else for me to stand out a little bit more, you know, and, and kind of be more unique. And, yeah. um, I had always, of course, you know, I'd always wanted to make something of my own, but I didn't have the precise thought on, oh yeah, the light verse, you know, I'm gonna make a whole verse. It was, you know, as I said this before, it was going to be just a one-off story with a young hero and a, uh, an old cop, but that to me eventually became like, wait a minute, I can tell this story within this bigger story and it would give me a lot more leeway and a lot more freedom to do these things um, without worry of compromising a character in service to the plot. And um, I sat on lights for maybe about seven, eight months, maybe almost a year. And when I had the idea, you know, popped into my head one day after I uh, evaluated all my options, I was like, okay, well, you know, we're going all in on this, uh, on this verse. Um, and that, that of course was due to some other outside inspirations as well, but mostly um, it's just sitting on that, that idea and letting it cook, you know, yeah. and, and uh, we, we are only, you know, one per one person doing our respective uh versus so it's a lot of uh it's a lot of work of course it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time yeah. because you're you're split and i'm not an artist like that you see me you know getting commissions so um it's you know your, your responsibilities are really really split into to to different things so you're really stretching yourself out thin and you kind of got to have the proper kind of schedule to be able to uh to manage all that and i know you know you you know yourself in your life you know you have you know pressing matters and things that 
have to be attended in between. So it kind of keeps you from, uh, you know, doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot in my personal life that I, I, I generally, and this is for everyone to know as well who views this episode, never talk about your personal life, especially in a public space. It's public space. Um, it is very detrimental. It's very, very much, you know, a hard thing to, you know, do, you know, um, for me as well, you, you should never do it. I, I try to avoid talking about my personal life, even in a lot of servers. If I'm in a voice chat, however, I will talk about it, but I will keep it to a simple basis and I'll avoid telling names. Um, you know, um, your, your personal life is your own life, you know, and people don't really know how to mind your own, mind their own business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I put it in the embassy a lot. You may see me put it in there multiple times a day. Mind your own business. Get on with your life. Don't worry about what other people think of you. Just mind your own business. Because when you start doing that, you start seeing a difference in your life. Um, and there's probably people who are going to be listening to this saying, oh, I do that already. You don't. You really don't. Trust me. I see everything. I watch everything. I know everything. Are you taking um, shots at this podcast, Hollow? <laughs> I see all. I know all. Anyway, um, no, yeah. but believe me, you know, I, you may think I don't see anything on Twitter. You may think I don't see anything on Instagram. Believe me, I don't pay any mind to it because, like I just said, I'm minding my own business. I just scroll past it. That's mm-hmm. what you have to know. Um, but if you do claim to be minding your own business, trust me, you will know when you mind your own business when people stop bothering you because when you start doing that and you start focusing on yourself and what you need to do and, you know, making money and stuff, you will notice a change in a lot of people, you know, um, same goes all across the board really for, for the women as well, you know, who listen to this and probably think I'm being sexist towards the men and stuff, but it's just true. You, you got to think of it both ways, really. Oh, you can defend yourself. Hollow. As I said, this is insurance, my man, you have all the time in the world to, you know, Hey, <laughs> Speak your truth. I'm not and, a woman hater. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. We got none. Of, we got none of those here. We don't. We don't hate anybody here. No, uh, we don't. We don't. We don't. Yeah, we, no. we yeah. I've always said. I mean, even in the server, um, and I guess this goes to the to the greater public that do again listen to this. Um, I think when 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 telling your business online, obviously, um, there's a double edged sword to that. Obviously, telling it to, in a public space can have somebody that maybe that you're not as well as you thought to be friends with use it against you as ammo down the line. Um, there's always that, that negative, uh, connotation with giving that. Um, obviously we've seen that, um, play out in different ways. Um, and of course, uh, I, I believe that there are things at surface level that you can say, obviously I'm not saying uh, everybody has to know what I'm doing every second of the day. And in these podcasts, I haven't detailed my whole entire life. I just tell the stories, you know, of my life. But there are things that I can say that doesn't have you, you know, be all up in me, you know what I mean, and all that other shit. But yeah, um, I think uh, with, with what you tell and who you tell it to, I know I can tell you, you know, and I've told you personal stories in my life that I haven't told, you know, on this podcast. I probably never will. You know, that's not for the world to know that's just for me and those who I choose to give that to, to know, because it's important to me. And I feel like, like, like it can help them in some way, shape or form. But, um, you know, there's, there are times, uh, especially like sometimes you'll see it 
in the uh, in certain parts of either the community, you know, DMs, group chats, or even on Discord, where you see people, you know, giving more than usual. It's usually because of what they're facing on the outside, where it's like you're in this space with people that share the same, you know, mind as you, or at least are in the same uh, kind of positions. And then the outside world that you face kind of has you uh, be shut away in a box or it keeps you from doing that. So when you meet like-minded people, that's when you open up more. And some people uh, maybe give more than what they should, but through no fault of their own because of how they were taught and what they went through. And um, there's a part where you kind of start to see, oh, I understand they're going through this and this is why they're doing all this and blah, 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 blah. But um, I think with certain people that tell things I, I i feel like there's a i tip my cap to him in a way you know you're choosing to be vulnerable and uh you you share a little bit of yourself to the world and uh i have this secret instagram account or it's a finsta all you youngins out there don't know what it is it's basically like a shit post account where you know you just say what's on your mind all that other stuff and i have a uh, personal friends follow me there and it's like an open journal with some memes that i store there as an archive and it's been around for at least seven years now. And, um, you know, I tell stories and things that go on in my mind and here and there. And it's a form of meditation. And, you know, a friend came up to me and said that uh, they really, uh, hey, to share a part of yourself out there with the world is, you know, very, um, it's very, you know, respectable. It takes a lot. And for me, it's just like, I can tell you a story about something that I regret. And, you know, it's going to hurt me, blah, blah, blah. But it's life. You know, but for some people uh, to do even that, even to say, you know, hey, hollow, I was going through something the other day and this is what I went through is a big step. And I think with the uh, the learning part of life, that's kind of humbled me. It's really taken me back and be like, well, uh, I think Ezio said it before. Uh, We think that, you know, we are so unique because uh, we feel like no one else has gone through same situation he didn't those i'm butchering his words but um something along the lines of that and i feel yeah. for honest and genuine people it can take you far but for of course the wrong people the venomous people with a with a chip on their shoulder and an aim to take you down a few pegs because they're you know not feeling all that themselves they kind of use that to to bullshit you you know and to use that against yeah. you so you know like like in a public forum like on twitter i'm never going to say everything that I would passionately say on a podcast to somebody regarding a story or something that I went through. But um, on a Discord, sure, because I know the people that will read it and I know they'll take it into account, even our, for our favorite kind of Discord members, the silent readers. They, yeah. you know, take that and they and they kind of run with it, you know. Yeah, life, life throws anything at you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's all sorts of problems. Life is like a you know rocky road, essentially. Gonna have bumps on the way, you know. Um, this is something that you know, completely off topic as well, but I would say it's very similar to the topic. Good on Twitter, especially because it's such an open platform. I notice a lot of people, you know, and this is a main complaint I've got to, towards these types of people. People mm-hmm. who say, you know, thank God so and so is dead. And it, it happened with the Queen, and you know. Mm-hmm. My my response to all of that, and people might not have seen it, but if you scroll down far enough, you may see it. When you know when you pass away, or when something bad happens to you, 
that those things you said will come bite you in the back. That's just mm-hmm. how life works. Um, so I, I'm going to use when someone kicks the bucket as a better example. Mm-hmm. So you say, you know, let, let's just say a pro- prolific voice actor passes away and you, you were thankful that he passed away or he or she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you then go, oh, thank God, you know, they're dead, you know, this, that, and the third. And mm-hmm. when you pass away, people will say the same thing about you. That, that's just how life goes. Yeah. You, people need to understand that silence is sometimes the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. You cannot sit here and reprimand someone, especially when they've died, and go, thank God they're dead. People do it to Hitler all the time. Sure. That's mm-hmm. fine. He was a yeah. scummy person. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. Hitler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he killed millions of people, you know. Yeah. Um, he didn't care. Mm-hmm. He, he took joy in that. Loads of historical studies and stuff and notes and everything. They say he took joy in doing it. You know, mm-hmm. He was definitely on, people think, theorize he was on cocaine as well. He, he um, was during the uh, the Olympics. He was on uh, spe- speed. You can he see him like sweating. He, he, yeah, he was like sweating and, and like, you know, looked like he was on a fucking sugar rush yeah, the whole exactly. entire time. You know, he, he, was, he was gone. He was long gone, far gone. You know, mm-hmm. wherever he was taken, he was, he was somewhere. He's up in the clouds, my guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but do not, the thing is, do not be thankful that someone is dead. Rather mm. be like, you know, my condolences and get on with your life. Keep those yeah. thoughts to yourself. Do not put them out on a public platform because that will come to bite you in the back. Because when, when you die, people are going to turn around to your grave and go, yeah, he's dead. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to yeah. turn around on a public platform and say, thank God he's dead. It's a two-way street in this world. You've got to understand that. Yeah, and I honestly feel the same. Um, like, I, you know, I'm not a religious person like that, but I still have, uh, I have a very uh, deep reverence for uh, for death in general, and yeah. kind of like a respect for it. I know you being a you know a religious man yourself, you have your own you know similar thoughts um, yeah. on, on that as well. In in the same regard that I hold uh, you know death, because like at the end of the day. Right. You can the queen, you know, with the colonization and all those other things, um, everybody has their own reason to maybe be happy for people that came before because they thought the worst of that person. But I thought, you know, and of course, you see the memes when a celebrity dies. That's just a part of the you know part of the things. But um, when I saw people celebrating for the queen and now mind you, I'm not the biggest queen fan in the world. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I had respect and reverence for the crown and you know, the, the monarchy, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. that's somebody, you know, that's somebody's grandmother, that's somebody's mother, so on and so forth, because I know what it would be like if I lost my grandmother and people were celebrating that, you know, how I would yeah. feel. Um, it's, it's the same thing, regardless um, if she's done these things that have honestly no effect on me in this world, yeah. because, you know, I was brought in without that influence. But um, when Kevin Samuels, you know, uh, when he died, I saw uh, very stuck up, you know, women on Twitter being like, oh, thank God he's dead. And I'm like, you you really don't really understand uh, the kind of person you are, are, are to be when you, when you have somebody that you may disagree with or dislike. But and that, that's kind of my motto too. Or like, you know, I may disagree yeah. with somebody, I may dislike somebody. If I would never like to die, that's it. There's nothing more than that. That's just death. That's gone. You're good forever. You know, yeah. I, I I could never have that 
opinion. You know, you see people say it about the, the Kevin Samuels, the Andrew Tates, the Elon Musks of the world. I understand yeah. maybe disliking and disagreeing with their standpoints, but enough to say, oh, I want them dead and gone. You know, if it, like maybe it's my compassion and our empathy, but I feel like as a basic human being to have these thoughts, it doesn't make you, uh, and, and for some people, for showing compassion and reverence for these people, like saying like, you know, I know Andrew Tate's in jail. I hope he doesn't die. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, crime and everything else aside, I don't want the man to die. You know what I mean? Because yeah. as you said, that comes back and it doesn't really like for as a person, I think there's a lot of people that don't really understand death. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Whether they've been through like, a funeral or not. You know, piggybacking off of that, you know, Mm-hmm. Go! I, I implore everyone who listens to this episode, go to a graveyard, look at the amount of dead people in your graveyard. I did it today as well. Mm-hmm. You look at it and you're just awestruck. Not, you know, not, any, not even in a good way, in a bad way. Uh-huh. Because you think, like, it's like your body knows, like, it, your heart knows, yeah, one day I'm going to end up here. Obviously, people who aren't religious, they, they wouldn't understand how, or like, compassionate or anything like that. They wouldn't understand that. But y- your, your body will know, one day I will be six feet under, dirt all around me, four dirt walls all around me, and no one's going to be with me, apart from the graves next to me. Mm. You, you have to think of it like that. Like, in, in my graveyard, there's a bunch of World War I and World War II veterans there. You know, I walk past it and I just stare at it sometimes. Like, I don't even stand there. I just look at it as I'm walking. Mm-hmm. I just sort of think to myself, you know, they all fought in a war. We're lucky enough to not to do that, for now at least, you know. Knock on um, wood, knock on wood, knock on knock, wood. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, like, they, they fought in war. Imagine the amount of damage they went through. Their bodies just grievously harmed, like. And I look at the graves of the people who passed away of old age, you know, you, I look at it and I, I just think to myself, you know, I'm going to be there one day. You know, whoever buries me, they're, they're going to be there one day. You know, it goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. People have to think of it like this. We're all going to die one day. And something that I, I don't say all too often, but I say fairly, you know, sometimes it, it's not that I fear death. It's what comes after death that I'm scared of the most. Because mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I really don't. Right. You know, and when you think of it like that, even if you don't believe in God or you're not a religious person, think of it mm-hmm. like that. You will come to understand what I mean. Yeah. And again, I implore everyone, go visit a loved one in a grave or something. Think to yourself, you know, I've said all these wrong things. It's about time I change it. Because change starts with you. It doesn't start with anyone else. You can't tell someone I'm going to change and not change. Mm-hmm. You have to change yourself, you know. Um, that's just how it works, you know. Um, we all die one day. You got you take what you you said and what you did with you. That's just it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like e- even if you disrespect like the three major religions, you know, I'm of one of those religions. I see the disrespect my religion gets. Mm-hmm. It is it is absolutely ridiculous the amount of respect it gets. Um, but does it bother me? No, because I know where these people will end up for doing so things. It will, they will come to answer for their crimes one day. You know, even if you, even if you insult Hinduism, Buddhism, um, Sikhism, I, I'm not sure if people in America have heard of Sikhism, but just understand, and, I would say it's very yeah. similar to Buddhism to some degree. Yeah. Um, but I, know, I hear, I hear Sikh. Is that, uh, I'm probably wrong, but is it Egyptian by chance or no? 
No, it's actually Indian. It's from okay. a little bit of history, historical context. Back when India and Pakistan were one country, there was a guy called Guru Nanak around then. Mm-hmm. He, there was basically a debate between Hindus and Muslims at the time. And this guy, Guru Nanak, was basically, you know, I, I would say, for, for context's sake, let's just say he was a scholar of some sort. Mm-hmm. And Sikhs, you know, they, they revere him and they live by his example because he was a very, you know, quote-unquote, compassionate person. You know, mm-hmm. I, I believe Gandhi, no, he was Hindu, I believe, Gandhi. I'm mm-hmm. not too sure. But um, Guru Nanak is essentially a very revered person. You know, he, he, um, they, they don't worship him, but they follow by example, you know, just to be nice people. They, mm-hmm. they don't seek to destroy people. And people, the Sikhs who are here, because there's a, there's a Sikh temple down my road, they're mm-hmm. very nice people. They are extremely nice people. You know, they will give to the homeless. They will do everything in their power to, like, help people. It, it doesn't bother them, mm-hmm. you know. Followed by their example, essentially, um, is the best thing I can say. Um, you'll see them wearing turbans. Don't, don't call them terrorists, please. <laughs> Just ask them what religion they're from. They will gladly answer. You know, mm. They will say, I'm sick. Loads of people call them terrorists. It's, it's genuinely stupid. Yeah. Uh, I find it to be ridiculous. Um, yeah, I think, I think, in the, uh, I think th- thankfully now in the United States, um, that misunderstanding of the uh, of the muslim faith and everything is kind of for the most part of course and the best of us has uh whittled away and now it's just become a part of history in a moment in time yeah um, as well. you know because uh there are people that that take religions and they radicalize it and unfortunately to the uninformed person that becomes their representation of said religion you know yeah um of course I, i've known uh, Muslim people in my life and everything, and you know, I've known them not to be violent, very, very peaceful, and I have a lot of respect for um, the Muslim religion. But unfortunately, you know, after nine eleven, um, there was so much anger, and of course, there was a lot of misinformation too. But you know, you, you look at something on its worst day, and then that's when you—that's what you think that it really is. And of course, you know, that's not really, really was. I remember Muhammad Ali came on TV with Will Smith, and you know, even in his decrepit. Uh, uh, you know, state of health at the time, he was still telling, he's like, hey, you know, Muslim, it's a peaceful religion. You know, it's yeah. not, uh, you know, what these people did, that, that's not what a true, you know, Muslim would do and all that other stuff, so. Yeah, and people need to understand, right, and look into the religion, you will understand what the religion is about. Do not cherry pick verses from the Quran, because I have a copy in my drawer. I'm, I'm a Muslim mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. Don't cherry pick verses from the Quran and go, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the Quran is to take it at its face value. You read it for what it is. You right. read it and bear in mind, people probably say this as well, like, oh, you know, your prophet did this, this, and this. You know, prophet, peace be upon him, did this, this, and this. Under, understand that um, it was allowed at the time that the Quran was written. Mm-hmm. 1400 years ago um you, you need to understand that things were different 1400 years ago it is not what modern day society is i understand that but people need to understand that as well 1400 years ago things were totally different you were allowed to you know and i i don't want to say this and like get you you know essentially 
no, no, say, it's all right. No, no, no. We're 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 right now. We're telling we're retelling information that is factual. Yeah, you you were allowed to marry essentially what in modern day times could be considered a minor. You know, <laughs> you're allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, you were allowed to do X, Y, and Z. You know, um, it, Greeks did it all the time. People don't look into that a lot. You know, mm-hmm. people yeah. who obviously the Greek people now. Um, I wouldn't say they're Spartans per se or anything, but the Greeks, they, they used to rob people, you know, little girls that they would like to marry. They used mm-hmm. to do that, but people yeah. don't think of it like that. You know, in the Middle East, you were allowed to marry children, mm-hmm. you know, whether you were meant to, you know, 1400 years ago, whether you were meant to do certain acts with them, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not very privy to that information, but for the sake of argument, I will say, no, you were not allowed mm-hmm. until they were of age. Yeah. Um, and the, the way the Quran is written is essentially, it's meant to be a poem. It's, it's a glorified poem because back then, um, and I say glorified with all, all my heart, but back then, the, the Arabs back then, especially where the Prophet, peace be upon him, was from, they were interested in poetry. They loved mm-hmm. their poetry, so much so they, they, they would write it on you know the box in Mecca they would write it on there they would hang it up on there rather not actually write it on the thing mm-hmm. uh, but they would they would hang it up on there um, it was written for them because they love poetry that's how it's that's how it's written so when I say don't cherry pick verses I seriously mean don't cherry pick verses you know there's sex in my religion as well much like there's sex in Christianity and Judaism no religion is completely perfect you know don't associate well the best thing I can say is the religion is perfect, but the people are not perfect. Think yeah. of it like that. Mm-hmm. The people are not perfect. The religion is perfect. And I'm going to say that about Christianity and Judaism as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you're going to say the same thing that I was going to say. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was basically going to say that um, and, like, if you look at what these teachings were, obviously they're not malicious. It's the people yeah. that take them and they, they bastardize them and they use them to push out whatever kind of rule they want to instill in people and also um with today i mean looking at how things were done years ago and all that stuff people use what's called presentism which is basically judging the past on today's standards like oh you know they they did this a hundred years ago we would never do that today and they were bad for doing it when in that time they didn't give a damn that's the life that they lived and for us to look back like oh you know we're holier than thou you know, no pun intended, like another hundred years will go by and who knows what kind of things will happen with standards and, you know, the, uh, the social, uh, workings of today's society. We don't know that, but the worst thing you can do is look back at history and just scoff at it and just be like, Oh, you know, they did this then. And they're bad for that. Like, no, maybe they had a point, maybe this philosophy, which I look at religion as personally a, a grander view of, uh, philosophy and everything with a lot of teachings that can help. Because there's things from the, uh, uh, there's a quote of Al said it, and he who increases violence increases sorrow. There's many different things that are still true to this day. You know, that's what philosophy is for. It's a language you know, throughout time that have studying human behavior, and those things are still true. You know, it's like, maybe at that point, we can look back. Especially with you know, our, you see with Gen Z and uh, looking at the previous generations, like oh, they're all terrible and bad. Like no, 
to just ignore that is like very dangerous because then the future becomes uncertain. Because what are you going to do if you don't learn from the past? You're going to fuck up the future. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, I'm going to big up my religion a bit, you know. Um, Go ahead. Without the person, I, I forgot the guy's name. People may know it better than I do. But without him inventing algebra, you would not have your phones. You wouldn't have, we wouldn't have what we have today, you know. I think, uh, Pythagoras, I think the dude that made the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he. Made, oh, that bastard! I mean, I mean, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> Bloody asshole! Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you like, and that guy was a Muslim. He came up with it himself, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and he obviously without algebraic equations, you wouldn't have code, and you wouldn't have phones, you wouldn't have this, that, and a third. You wouldn't have mm-hmm. anything of what we have today. Right. So right. you've got to think of the positives of people in the religion and i say people not mm-hmm. the religion you've got to think of the positives of the people in the religion and also yeah. the negatives of the people in the religion but mm-hmm. do not associate the negative people with the large majority of the religion right you know who do positive things you know you gotta how do i put this you've got to separate the two learn mm-hmm. to separate the two. right um and speaking of separating Hollow, I got to thank you for coming on uh, the show, man, it's again. Normal. You know, uh, I know it's been, again, a long time in the making, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I appreciate you for coming on, man, telling your story, telling your perspective and everything else. Is there anything you want to say to the people, the people, uh, uh, yeah, before we wrap it up? Open. I need money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>